Listening to the Cannabis Hangout. Two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with the community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while, while we, we break, break it all down. To try the Kava Joy and Sleep Gummies for yourself, use code HANGOUT25 for 25% off your order. If you want to get better sleep or feel that extra pep in your mood, don't wait. You better jump on these because this offer expires December 15th. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode. I'm Brandon. And I'm Saba. And we are your host of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's episode, we're speaking with John, who's the founder of Kava Brands. Whether you're ready to elevate your energy and increase your focus, or quiet your restless mind and get some much-needed sleep, Kava has something just for you. We're excited to get to know John better and his background and his passion behind the brand he's created. So please welcome John to the Cannabis Hangout. Hi, John. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here and taking time out of your day. So let's just start from the very beginning. Will you please tell us when your cannabis journey first began, the first time you consumed or had like a run-in with cannabis? Um, The first time. Memory that you have. Yeah. uh, Say the first time I consumed. Uh, High school. Okay. In a friend's car, (laughs) driving through town in the backseat. What town? Where are you at? That this would be back in my, my hometown in Bartlesville. Okay, you're from Bartlesville. Yeah. Okay. Um, obviously, I think the first time I don't even think I got high. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just that was it for a while. Okay. Because um, my parents were strict mm-hmm. growing okay. up. Um, and at that time, being a teenager, I was tearing up things left and right, and <laughs> my dad would always ask me if I was on drugs when mm. I broke something. So yeah. it's like, yeah. go ahead and, like, go in and do this uh, would just, like, make it worse. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Growing up in a strict household, that can... Yeah. He's he was he's a lot like Red Foreman from the 70s show. Okay. So, um, <laughs> wow. He, yeah. All my friends were like, this is your dad. And I'm like, I know. Like, they I were... Were they scared of your dad? I live here. Uh, <laughs> so of, funny. They weren't scared of him, but it's like he's... Uh, like I said, I just tore up a lot of stuff, so I was yeah. like always like breaking equipment or um. You were just being a rebellious vehicles. teenage boy. Yeah, I was just myself. Yeah, you're yeah, just, just doing myself. your thing. <laughs> so I still break things. Yeah, it's just, he's uh, not there to uh be angry about it. I, yeah. I had to fix it. Right, so. it's your own adult life now. Right. We evolve. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. Um, so how do you feel like your cannabis journey has evolved like since the first time you've tried it? Do you like was it like later, like way later on in your life to where you picked it up again? It was. Um this was back in the late teens. Uh had a neighbor that was making edibles. Okay. And he was also making like a tea. Mm-hmm. And you know, just and he's an amazing chef, so I you know, trusted him because we've consumed his food before. Yeah. And uh, he had some edibles and 
tried them and I was mowing the yard one time and I remember it just kicked in mm-hmm. and just started laughing. <laughs> While you're mowing. Uh, yeah. Everything was funny. The grass coming out of the side of the mower was hilarious. Um, <laughs> time seemed to have just slowed down and uh, it was just a good time. I was like, this is a good mood. Like, mm. I can get behind this. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, when... I mean, fast forward, I mean, there's a lot all the way to this, but uh, starting with those edibles, it, it kind of just changed my outlook yeah. on what cannabis is. Yeah. Because um, mm-hmm. there, there's still a stigma to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think with edibles, it, the, the cool thing is that I didn't even realize, realize this until we were doing some research that um, – more people are more likely to try an edible for their first experience in flower. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I was like, that's really cool. And I would have never guessed that. Uh, so, you know, and Kava started out with vape carts in the cannabis space. And uh, that was the, we launched right at the, I would say the first time the market went into free fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just hard to get shelf space and, and it was also hard to have a conversation about a live resin when the market was so used to distillate. Mm-hmm. And um, we just kind of pivoted into to edibles. And I realized with the kitchen that was making the gummies, they had an, uh, they were sending all these gummies out of, out of state. And I was like, how are you doing this? And they said, we can put up to this much Delta 9 and then... They were, at that time, they were putting 15 milligrams of Delta-8 in for a 25-milligram gummy and okay. sh- shipping it everywhere. And I was like, well, just pull the Delta-8 out because it's, you know, not, I'm not a fan of it. Mm-hmm. And if we use true hemp-derived Delta-9, which I so happen to have a lot of oil left mm-hmm. from a hemp crop, uh, we can ship these nationwide. And that's... That's how that began. And that was a year ago. Uh, there's so much, many more questions. I want to dive into that before we get sure. like into the depth of that. What a great introduction on that, though, yeah. because I know everyone's like, tell me more. <laughs> um, but what do you think, like, what's your favorite thing that you've learned about the cannabis plant that you didn't know or maybe haven't dealt with in other crops as someone who is a farmer, has a green thumb? My favorite thing? Yeah, or it doesn't have to be your favorite thing or I, something I think, that you've learned. Yeah, one of the most interesting things, um, this was on our third grow. I really enjoyed waking up in the morning, well, you know, getting out there early. Who enjoys waking up, like, real early in the morning? But getting out to the, the fields um, early morning, and you could you could see the plant wake up. Mm. Like, it literally, you know, they, they, they go to sleep at night. Yeah. And they wake up. And it's really cool to uh, to watch that and, you know, know when you have to apply nutrients at certain times when the plant's awake yeah. mm-hmm. versus when it's asleep. And I'm, there's probably a lot of people listening that think I'm full of it right now, but like you can literally look at that plant and... See it. Yep. You know, I think there's it's, a lot of people who yeah. agree and think that's beautiful because it's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's like a plant's a living thing just like we are. And yeah. we go to sleep and wake up just how like a plant does that process. Mm-hmm. It is very interesting. It I, is. It, and it, at least, you know, and I think a lot of people got in the space because they thought they could, you know, I've grown a tomato plant so I can grow a marijuana or a cannabis plant. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, there's like, that's, mm-mm. Yeah. Mean, and it seems like the more you try to care for them and like, you 
know, nurture them. Yeah. They just want to die. You know, it's just like <laughs> you can go plant one out in the wild and it'll do its own thing and be this big, beautiful plant and uh, thrive on its own. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you have, uh, you know, I think that one time at that grow, we had a little over 2,000 outdoor plants. and Wow. Yeah, it was... It was a lot. That's a lot of plants. It was. Yeah. It was. Um, but it was fun. Yeah. So. I bet that was fun. So how do you feel like this plant has shifted your perspective? On farming? On just cannabis, medicine, kind of all just like the realm of cannabis in general. Because, I mean, you'd never been in the cannabis space prior to no. this. and. I'm assuming this is a big assumption, but I'm assuming you never imagined yourself in the cannabis space as a farmer. So being in the cannabis space now, how do you feel like touching the plant, growing it, being a part of it, you know, even being a part of people's like daily process of functioning and living? How do you feel like it's shifted your perspective? Um, a lot. Yeah. I mean, seeing, you know, that's one thing I really like about now that we're selling gummies online. I get to take something I grew off my farm. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Extract it. And we and now we own the kitchen, so we own the process all the way from, you know, as we say, the, the grow to gummy. And then once we put it in the postal service's hands mm-hmm. to you, I have a direct line to the consumer, mm-hmm. that, and they give me the feedback that, you know, I got the best night of sleep I've had in 10 years. Yeah. Um, and that's really cool to give. Somebody. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And knowing that like it, you know, that you did that on your farm. Yeah. And you, that's the best part. Like um, that's so even if you're like sitting at your desk and you like, mm-hmm. you know, you get that say like message or something and you're not even on the farm. Like it's that's still kind of like still there. Kind of surreal. It's yeah. kind of like very surreal. I, um, I did that. I helped. You know, and it's and even on the joy side, you know, we'll get a message that someone's a better parent mm-hmm. because they're taking a joy gummy yeah. and, and it allows them to like one of the coolest reviews we got or it wasn't a review it was just an email um the the mom was like i feel more present with my kid wow yeah and That's it's like huge. If you can, yeah if you can give mm-hmm. that experience or like you feel like your you know your mind is slowing down enough from this world that like hey this is this yeah. is it uh, yeah. we had a dad that um, he 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 likes the joy gummies, and then he'll go and paint with his three year old. Oh, mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool. That yeah, is precious. That is yeah. cool. That's awesome. I love that. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Jade Pebworth over at the Me Law Group in Oklahoma focuses to provide you with a comprehensive approach and intelligent advice and representation focused on resolving problems rather than inflating them. She kills it with civil litigation, cannabis law, business planning, corporate law slash litigation, and family law. She enjoys working with companies from the ground up. Whether you need her to review and draft contracts for your company, assist in licensing applications, and more, the Me Law Group has your back. Now, let's get back to today's episode. So how would you say, like, if you if you didn't, like, with all of the work that you do, right, and... If you had a day to where you didn't have to do all of that, you didn't have responsibilities, what would you be doing? Like, where would you be? What would you be doing? 
Like, where would your favorite place be? Like, if you could just, like, check out and be like, oh, cool, yeah, I don't have anything, I'm going here. That's still, I mean, that's tough because there's, like, two sides to it. Um, You know, back to your comment that, you know, being a farmer and then going to the cannabis space, um, it was actually the hemp space at that time. I just, I was looking for other crops to grow Mm -hmm. for income purposes. Yeah. And, uh farming is my passion so if you ask me where i want to be like the right, farm i would right now i'd like to be in a combine because it's fall harvest time okay um, i get to go saturday so it's gonna be cool okay but like if i'm not not work or farming related mm-hmm. um i really enjoy riding on a catamaran in the caribbean like that's a what a catamaran like a, like a sailboat okay okay um when I had a goal for my 40th birthday, I wanted to sail a catamaran, and I actually got to do it. So that's like, cool. Oh, since cool. Then, that's awesome. In um, the Caribbean? Just, it was at St. Lucia. Oh, dope. <sighs> yeah. Hell yeah. That's that so cool. That was an amazing trip. Oh, um, I can imagine. I, wanna, and I just definitely want to go back. So like I always, yeah. those are the two cool things that I want to do, combine yeah. or catamaran. Yeah. So. I think that's like a really nice balance. Yeah. yeah they're is. like one ex- two different extremes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's so, awesome. So you, you were you, wow. How do I want to ask this question? Um, you're a farmer. Is that something that's been a part of your family generationally, or is that something that you chose that you wanted to do for yourself and you found a passion in? No, uh, my grandpa was a farmer in Stillwater. Okay. Um, and my family, starting with my grandpa. Um, had a John Deere dealership, and then my dad had a John Deere dealership. We farmed, and he sold out in 2008. So I've always been around mm-hmm. uh, ag equipment. I remember being like four years old and mm-hmm. figuring out that my dad owned the place, and I'm like, all these tractors are ours to play with. That's cool. Um, <laughs> wow, what like, a cool feeling yeah. as a kid. Um, so that's how, you know, just being around equipment. You know, I'll often say it that, you know, as you're a kid, you could, you, know, you play with toy tractors, and I was just lucky enough to grow up and Play with real ones. Play with, yeah. yeah. So that's cool. What's your What's your favorite crop to grow? Soybeans. Soybeans. Why is that? Yeah. It's just um, the time of the year, because mm-hmm. um, usually you're you're cutting wheat, and so you're trying to get a double crop in where you harvest the wheat, go plant soybeans, um, and that's a fall crop. Like I always like fall harvesting over summer harvesting, just because mm-hmm. the weather's better. Mm-hmm. Um, Start out in the morning with you know you're running the heater in the cab, and then by the afternoon you got the air conditioner on, and yeah, that's just that's my favorite time of the year. Yeah, it's a good balance of both. Yeah. Um. So, this is I've never actually sat down with a farmer, a true <laughs> farmer. So I have Stop a lot it. of questions. <laughs> sure. So when you when you like when I'm driving down the interstate and I see all this wheat, I see all this crop, and you know I see people doing what they're doing, taking care of their plants, taking care of their farm. I'm like, holy shit, that is so much work, so much physical labor, so much day in and day out. And on top of that, I feel like you're almost not almost you are your own salesman too, and you have to go sell your stuff. So what's that look like in creating a, a I I want to say farming community, I guess you could say sure. maybe um, in like getting your crop out to people. Who do you sell it to? How do you get it out there? Obviously, your family's been doing it. So I'm sure you've established some you know, connections. But what does that look like as somebody who like on the consumer end, let's say I receive a farmer's product. I always wonder what what right. Where's the mat? How does the magic happen? And how do you 
go day to day doing such rigorous labor? Um, where it goes, let's start with where it goes. Like, so your soybeans, we'd harvest them and take them to the Port of Catusa, and then they're going on a barge and, you know, going where they go. And then okay. soybeans are getting turned into a lot of plastics right now. Um, ink, a lot of ink comes from soybeans. Okay. Um, and then obviously feed for cows. Um, and after, you know, once we put it on the truck and we take it to port, we don't ever get to, we don't know where it goes. Yeah. It's just, you just, you, <laughs> you drop get paid. it off and it's done. Yeah. You get paid. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty easy. Pretty cut and dry. It's cut and dry. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the margins are about the same as everything else, maybe mm-hmm. a little worse, but, um, it, you're, you're dealing with a, a lot of bulk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what, um, Farming helped set me up for the cannabis space just because I think a lot of people jumped in not understanding how a cash conversion works when you're growing a crop. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you know, we'll plant wheat. You know, that's one thing I, I do kind of like about stepping back from the true farming world. We're always planting wheat on Labor Day weekend. <laughs> and so yeah. all my friends are, you know. Having a good time and you're, yeah, plant, you're planting I'm, wheat. Uh-huh. <laughs> or I'm harvesting, you know, yeah. in July. Or planting in July as well, um, July 4th, that is. And so that's one thing I like about the gummies is I, I get, like, I you know, want to reiterate, like, we go all the way to the consumer. We, mm-hmm. can, we can see that. I remember harvesting wheat one time, and this was when wheat was seven-something a bushel. You know, we, that was the most we'd ever gotten. And it started adding it up, and you look at what that truckload of wheat was sold for what I got for it versus what the company that made the bread and sold mm-hmm. the bread. It's like, that's like, mm. I'm, I don't like this feeling. Yeah. Um, that's why I like owning, you know, the farm side of it, mm-hmm. the kitchen side yeah. of it. Yeah. Just control all aspects of it. Yeah. Which is understand that. Yeah. So what get, what made you want to get into farming hemp specifically? It was actually, uh, Mickey Dolan's representative. Mickey Dolan's reached out to me in 2018 um, I think through our mutual connection in Bartlesville because he graduated from Bartlesville and he knew I was a farmer um, and he was trying to get the hemp pilot program here to Oklahoma. Okay. And worked with him on it and uh, that happened in 2018. We jumped in with that. with the uh, On the hemp side, we did a, a fiber crop. We're just, you know, just, I wouldn't even say a fiber crop, but it's a mix of, male and female seeds so you're just going to get what you get and uh i remember bailing that up and then at that time you know 2018 you know cbd was was coming online and cbd was very taboo Mm -hmm. in the beginning and i sent a sample of the uh the hay the hemp hay in to oklahoma state and they wouldn't test it because it was hemp and then i had like here's my license Here's all this documentation. Finally got them to test it. And we did like a forage test or for cattle feed. And it actually made better hay than the alfalfa. It made better mm. protein and a relative feed value than any alfalfa that I'd ever put up. Interesting. And wow. the cows loved it. I mean, yeah. Huh. So that was cool. Um, and then the next, the following year, we, we did the just strictly female plants, you know, to, to grow for CBD. And then it just turned in, you know, the following year we went into the 
Oklahoma medical marijuana program because it was up and becoming. And then all of a sudden, look where we were. Yeah. Everyone got in. Um, right. And I was like, well, I've been here before. So it was just, you know, another saturation of another crop. It's, mm-hmm. it's no different than uh, a market that was pressured, whether it be cattle, wheat, soybeans, corn. I was already used to it. Yeah. So. Okay. Just another crop to grow something. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like that's a nice edge to have as a farmer is being familiarized with the, you know, like you said, plant to, you know, money ratio. I feel like. That's a long time, especially. Yeah. In, so you've got at least 90 days, maybe 120, you know, from depending on where you're, where you're starting your plant in your grow. And I don't like the indoor guys have it the worst, I think, but. Um, just just because of our overhead mm-hmm. and so much overhead uh, with the uh, lights and ev- with the electricity yeah. with the constant like the plants constantly have to be something has to be on for the plants all the time all versus the time. doing it outside it's all nature controlled so nature takes takes its course and obviously the plants are in the dirt so they respond to the nature mm-hmm. versus indoor which it's you super have to climate control controlled. everything yeah and it's mm-hmm. so you know back to like if you where you start with a plant and then you go all the way to harvest, you're at 90 to 120 days. So you have all those costs out and then now you got to sell this crop and then you need to make enough money to make it the next turn. Um, and it's, it's very hard on, at least on the in, I look at it on the indoor side. Um, you just have to have so many rooms and so many cycles to keep your product out there to keep demand up. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're not adding a new product or you're not, growing your brand it's very very hard to compete in any industry mm-hmm. um and we already have our you know we have enough challenges as it is in the in the cannabis space advertising or marketing as you guys know yeah so um yeah at the end it's just farming so farming i love it if you're ever in the oklahoma city area check out chill dispensary at 22 northeast 10th street they're good people with hand-washed single source live rosin flour pre-rolls and other solventless products so go show them some love and enjoy a chill experience now back to the episode so what's something people may not know about hemp that maybe you didn't either that you learned along the way um i think the big I guess probably the, the one, the big thing is, you know, the U.S. government is actually who made up the definition of hemp. Anything under three-tenths of one percent mm-hmm. THC by volume is hemp, and anything over that is, is, is marijuana. Um, but I think the biggest common misconception is is that THC from hemp is less potent than THC from marijuana mm-hmm. when in reality in their extracted form THC is THC delta 9 is delta 9 mm-hmm. uh, 10 milligrams from a hemp plant is going to be the same as 10 milligrams from a marijuana plant um, that's been probably the, the one of the biggest challenges to explain because we, we do get asked all the time like how are you able to ship online mm-hmm. or, or ship nationwide yeah. or how are you able to sell online it's like well Number one, it has to be hemp-derived. Number two, I can't go over X milligrams. Mm -hmm. And and that's, you know, we can do this with 10 milligrams to the gummy, and we're federally legal. Mm -hmm. And it does. It warms my heart every day, like, just to go to the post office with, you know, boxes of 
orders yeah. and I just put them, set them mm-hmm. up there and I yeah. walk off. And it's like, I'm using, are we using the U.S. government to ship THC? Yes, we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's crazy fun. when you yeah. say that. <laughs> I know. That is crazy when yeah. you say that. So are you still farming regularly along with running a business or are you just running the business now? Just running the business now. Okay. So you put your farming hat away. How's that feel? It's tough. It's tough. Yeah. yeah you know, moving from Bartlesville to Oklahoma City, um, you know, home is home. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, it'll always be home. I, I do like it here. There's a lot more opportunity for Kava brands yeah. here, um, and it, it was it was time for a change too. Yeah. So, so do you guys as as a brand, you have figured out you know like the United States law with shipping you know throughout the U.S. Do you plan to ever go international? And if so, is that something that you guys are reading up on international laws for certain countries? Is that something you'd like to open up for people in the future? It is something that I would like to open up in the future. Um, I don't know when that will be Mm -hmm. um, because I feel like we're we we had to figure this one out first. Yeah. Um, And through this process of you know we've been blacklisted um, on Google. we, you know, we, we had to change the name. It was Kava Edibles. Um, had to change it to Kava Brands because edibles is a mm-hmm. is a flag word. And so. it's misleading. Yeah. yeah. And so I figure I want to get this one right first, and we're getting close. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're gaining ground and uh, get get the marketing, get the advertising all the way that I want it with that one, and then look at some yeah. international opportunity because always, it's there. Yeah, it is. And I always wonder that because I know a lot of people, like I have family in Ireland, and I know – a good amount of people there that are, you know, more holistic minded or they want the option of, you know, cannabis, CBD, hemp, whatever. They just want the option mm-hmm. and the option isn't readily available there or in other countries even around. So I always wonder because I feel like Europe is a great place, like a great target market for it, like this specifically. Absolutely. So I always wonder where people's minds are at with shipping obviously like thc specifically like derived from a marijuana plant is different but like people who are well it's the same thc yeah people people who are doing it like in a way where it's quote-unquote legal i guess you could say right where it's not a you know schedule one drug it's it's always i feel like there's so much opportunity for international waters so i was i'm always curious as to if people like have gone that down that route you make a good point so since the U.S., you know, we're the, we made up hemp. Mm-hmm. If I ship to Ireland, and I don't know what their policy is on THC, but they're not going to recognize hemp because yeah. that's a U.S. term. Um, so it maybe they have a different name for it. Na- well, name or or a potency limit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, or they might just have wide open because there's other areas of the world that have not had mm-hmm. this plant restricted like we have. Yeah. And they're using it in every day. Okay. It says, is hemp legal in Ireland? You need to obtain a permit to grow hemp in Ireland. CBD derived from hemp is legal. Ireland does not recognize any health benefits of CBD. This means you cannot sell it as a medical product, but only as a food supplement. Okay. There you no. have it. Thank you, Rand. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. Boom. Just gotcha. Google it. Brought to you by Google.com. <laughs> you can't always trust Google, but 
Google had me there. <laughs> so tell us what inspired the name Kava. What does that mean? Where did it come from, John? Kava is actually um, derived from the Greek word of cannabis called kavavik. So we just dropped the BIC off and just left it kava. Cool. Um, yeah, it's been a little bit of confusion because uh, a lot of people think it's the kava, kava root. But uh, no, it's it's its own its own uh, its own brand. Its own you know it's cannabis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go. I remember when we were you know gaining traction on Google. Um, you, you type in kava and it you know it would automatically go. Did you mean kiva? You know, the the cannabis chocolate and it's so. That that was fun. Um, but yeah, that's why we just it, in the end it was just always these little switches or pivots, you know, failing forward, as I like to call it, to, to Kava brands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what branding is so, uh, can be such a, not difficult thing, but it can be an overwhelming thing because I feel like, especially with a brand that you're, you've built, once you pick a brand, you kind of have to, you don't have to stick to it, but at least for a minimum of like two years, you kind of yes. got to stick with it. What was the branding process like for you guys? Were you the one who had the vision? Was it somebody else? Like how long, even just coming up with a name because ca- like it deriving from a Greek word is very specific. So like what, like where, where did that even come from? Um, my wife works for an ad agency here in Oklahoma city and just talking with her and her boss, um, he actually came up with Kava. Okay. It was because I mean he's just an amazing, um, brilliant-minded individual when it comes to marketing, and so he helped me with the process of you know, building this. This was back when it was you know a vape cart mm-hmm. and concentrates, and we just. Started from that and just kept going. Yeah. Uh, I got to choose the font um, of it. And, you know, of course, I had a vote on the name, but it uh, it, it was more of a group effort. I mean, it, it's been a group of friends, family. You know, mm-hmm. they've wanted to see this grow since since day one. Yeah, it's, a, it's also nice to have a... It's nice that your wife works for an ad agency because it's always nice to have somebody like a creative in your back pocket. Yes. <laughs> it's so yeah. nice to have multiple creatives like yeah. surrounded you with like with a brand or anything you're creating. I feel like it's always so inspiring mm-hmm. and it, it it just fuels so much fire to like what you're trying to do. And it's so helpful, you know, yeah. just and from brilliant minds. One of the other things that we, you know, through this branding process mm-hmm. um, and talking to you know, other advertisers or, or people that are coming to help on with college is, is just doing that brand discovery. Mm-hmm. And you, you really, man, that was painful. Um, just cause it was, you, they're asking all the questions that you don't have time to think about, but you really need to yes. you stop mm-hmm. and like, really truly like plant your flag and say this is this is this this is what this means this Mm -hmm. is the Mm -hmm. demographic we're going after um and you know that's what's been really interesting is i never would have dreamed selling thc gummies online that our largest buyer would be elderly people yeah Mm -hmm. it's just it's 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 shocking how i remember when i first started working in the dispensary space i was 
people, you know, people just assume like, oh, all of your patients are super young. And I'm like, actually, all of my patients are over the age of 40. They're business professionals. They're elderly. They're people that actually like want to come in and like take medicine. And you would never, ever guess it because they don't want people to know. They don't. Yeah. Um, And it's, they write the most authentic, heartfelt reviews though yeah right. they sure that's do so sweet. <laughs> they yeah. sure do which is nice because that's what you want without you even knowing that that's your target audience that is your target audience and for them to give feedback because i feel like the youth doesn't really give much feedback no especially with things like that so to have people actually give you feedback on your product so that you know as somebody who grows it and then and you know turns it into a product to send to people you know that it's actually working you know that what you're growing is making a difference in other people's lives and absolutely you know and that's cool i mean at the end of the day that's you know the neatest thing about it um it's awesome to share an experience or a product at the end of the day brands don't sell products people sell products and so i um, we've never advertised in hawaii but i get orders weekly that's really cool. okay yeah. i was gonna that's ask rad. like where do you sell the most like what state do you feel like you're sending the most orders out to or the frequency of it changes i mean it goes from texas to texas of course yeah new jersey new york hawaii okay Okay. yeah the east coast over there a little bit hitting the coast a little bit of florida um i remember you know this past summer and it was actually it led to a good change but you know we first i'd never made a gummy before we Mm -hmm. were just what you do what you do in the cannabis space you make a connection through a friend that had some he knew of a gummy kitchen and made the introduction and it's like yeah i just want some gummies made make them Mm -hmm. um but you know through shipping these gummies nationwide in the summer and one of the hottest summers we've had yeah uh gummies were melting in texas mailboxes and florida mailboxes and i was like okay well i'm just gonna go and replace this for you um odd like how it, do you replace yeah. them yeah um we were shipping them new gummies with ice packs okay yeah. wow attached to them and just upgrading the shipping yeah um and the cool thing was people as long as you know we, we you know, took care of it which we did mm-hmm. people are awesome mm-hmm. um and you just say all you got to do is you know i know you got a blob of gummy it's still good this much weight equals 10 milligrams mm-hmm. yeah and then you know it's it's really cool to see the reorders on those, you know, because mm. those mm-hmm. are some of the original customers as yeah. well. But yeah, the gummies were melting in Texas, but they wouldn't, they're not, they weren't melting here. Like we would put a package of gummies in a windshield in the parking lot and they would still hold their shape. But you would see photos of these gummies, you know, customers would send you a photo and it's just like a soup. Weird. That's crazy. Yeah. And I was like, are people like doing this to me on purpose? <laughs> or, um, but no, it's, to you know, fix this problem, we reformulated the gummy um, from gelatin to, to pectin because pectin will hold uh, shape and it won't melt like a like a gelatin. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. And then um, we pulled out all the uh, artificial dyes, our artificial colors. I was like, while we're reformulating, how can we make this better? Mm-hmm. Um, pulled out the at that time they were using like a high fructose corn syrup, and it's like. We can use a brown rice syrup that's actually a lot better, cleaner. Um, 
We use real gourmet fruit flavors, like real colors, like the the orange tangerine. That's actually a, a carrot. Okay. Oh, so, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's one thing I like when you open the bag. I, I don't know if I maybe when you had one. Um, you open the bag; it actually smells like real fruit. Like yes. When, when they're making I them agree. at the kitchen, I walk in and I'm like, "Oh, I just want to eat gummies, but I can't. I got to work." <laughs> um, it just smells so good. Yeah. That then the blueberry muffin one, that's probably my favorite. I mean, that was kind of like the creation. It all kind of came together as far as you know our flavors because they got the blueberry flavor, that, you know, like natural, real blueberry flavor, and then somehow Austin got a natural real like batter cake batter flavor and so when you combine those two it really tastes like a blueberry muffin okay that's cool that's awesome i love to hear that how you guys have like evolved and you know made positive changes like where needed because that's important people appreciate all those things thank you outside of because it sounds like you were doing it too for like the melting of the gummy Mm -hmm. but then like realistically like you're taking out stuff that people don't need in their bodies and don't want I feel you know like not everyone lot, yeah that's a lot of things like people are paying more attention to yeah. that because dies I, yeah and, i feel like it's affecting society more people have more health issues because of artificial colors yeah. and red dye 40 and this and that mm-hmm. yeah it's a big deal so that's cool that you guys pivoted that way because that makes your brand i mean that goes in turn to your brand so much value like it adds. so much cleaner in mm-hmm. kind of all aspects so when you market it it's i mean you're really just wrapping it in a bow and saying here here's my gift to you this is it you know <laughs> and it, the cool thing in oklahoma we figured out in the last couple of weeks with these gummies because there's just such a an angst against metric you know the nice thing about these is you don't we don't go through metric mm-hmm. we don't we don't have to we don't have all the oma it's really nice yeah that is super um, nice it is um you know we fall I, I treated the testing just like, you know, we're in the program. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, being able to ship to a dispensary and take a credit card. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. But it's also nice for patients to know that, like, they can go into a dispensary, right, without a medical card to get a Kava product. Right. You don't need a medical card either. I mean, because that was the other thing. There was dispensaries that, you know, I was doing pop-ups for, you know, we had the kava carts there was one pop-up we did like i mean there was at least 10 people that walked in Mm -hmm. wanting to purchase but didn't have a medical card or it was expired and there was now you have a product that you can offer that person right Mm -hmm. so is it just them at the front having to be like oh when they're like can i see your card and then you're just like oh i'm actually here for hemp products cbd like is that what people have to say to get past because you know most dispensaries check your card right right Mm -hmm. whenever you're like upon entering so it's like if someone doesn't have a card who's coming in for that product what do do they just like i guess let the person know checking them in that they're not here to buy like marijuana you know what i mean yeah i i don't have the answer that yeah but like making Um, it like confident mm -hmm. for they might have it like, like if you're a parent of yours yeah. or someone you like wanted to send them in somewhere and they like just had the name of what they had they sure. had the picture of it but they, they didn't have the card sell it at the in like right at, the at the reception yeah, yeah without having to go inside yeah that's a good know? thought or if they have like because I remember 
46 Relief back in the day when they were a thing, they had like a whole CBD section up front where people could shop and then they had the dispensary section in the back. So like okay. I know some people have that too, just depends. Like, yeah, this is very different because I know that's intimidating. Yeah, it is. Like that's it is. intimidating to like me to if mm-hmm. I didn't have a card, I would feel like I'm doing something wrong or like wasn't knowing where I was placed mm-hmm. or is this even right? You know, like how does this go down? <laughs> it's very. You just mentioned it for your first time dispensary experience. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are apprehensive to that, and that's um, another reason why online. You know, at least for us, yeah, um, took off. And the way I like, what I like about it is it at least introduces somebody to cannabis to where now they have an experience yeah. mm-hmm. and a little bit of knowledge to, they will enter into a dispensary. Yes. Um, it's, it just make it easy for people to purchase. And it, that's the, that's the only downside on a dispensary. I mean, there's, you got to have a card. Yeah. Then you've got to go in and you don't know you don't know and you're yeah it's nobody wants to be in that spot yeah but maybe mm-hmm. someone listening is getting something yeah. from this to be like like you that you can do that you can. and you mm-hmm. just have to say what you're here for yeah. and then it's you can bud tenders are really knowledgeable yeah for the most part yeah. yes um, for the most part yeah. hopefully <laughs> we um, like going places that have good and they want tenders. to help you they, yes yeah, i don't care yeah um so how would you describe, like, the feeling and effects of the, like, personally, of, like, the sleep and joy that you sell to people listening who maybe, like, you know, after this whole conversation, they're wrapping their head around, like, your products and Delta 9. Like, how would you kind of describe? Okay, let's pause for a minute and talk about Oklahoma's grassroots cannabis publication, Herbage Magazine. They are in over 500 dispensaries statewide, providing cannabis education and supporting and highlighting the local communities. For more information, visit HerbageMag.com. That's H-E-R-B-A-G-E-M-A-G.com. The joy, I mean, for me... yeah. I'll take a joy gummy and it's just like all that weight that's on shoulders is mm-hmm. just like released. Um, you can feel it in your body. Yeah. Your head. Um, yeah. You know, it's, I like, I like it when the senses are heightened, like sense of smell, sense of touch. Um, Great time to eat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <this> is, <laughs> Indulge. Yes, yes. Um, and then on the sleep, I discovered the CBN, um, through another product, mm-hmm. but it was just a straight CBN product, and I tried it because I was having trouble sleeping. Yeah, and man, I was like, "That's awesome!" Like, woke up, I don't feel groggy, um, I don't feel you, like taking even like a sleep medication. It feels like you're kind of hung over the next day. Right. I was like, I'd rather take a, this CBN. Yeah. Um, and they were they were. Uh, kind of like a smokeless tobacco pouch. Um, mm-hmm. So I was using those and I'd wake up and like, what's in my mouth? Like, I don't even remember falling asleep. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, you know, throw it on the nightstand and go right back to sleep and it was the best night of sleep. And it's like, at the end of the day, if you can get good sleep, you're a better person. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I know. 100%. Yeah. I know. If I get three hours or less or no sleep or I'm not a, 
I'm not a pleasant person. Me either. Honest. And I can't push past it. You no, know I'm how not, some people can. Right. I'm like, no, you don't have me today. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm an angry, you don't want to be around me. <laughs> Just like the movie uh, Wedding Crashers. You got to shut down the engines. I got to recharge the batteries. I'm not peopling today. Yeah. Um, yeah, it works. Oh, that's real. So yeah, that's the the sleep. You know, it's just ten milligrams of THC and then fifteen milligrams of CBN. Um, and what we're also discovering with the sleep gummy is some people are taking it during the day. Okay. Just as a more chill gummy for their nervous system, just kind of. Oh, I think so. THC is very. I'm gonna say uh, biphasic. So. 10 milligrams to me that, you know, could very relaxing, but 10 milligrams to somebody else could really get them, you know, amped up. Right. People talk about, you know, I smoked that strain and it gave me a panic attack Mm -hmm. or, you know, a a sativa will induce panic. And that actually indica sativa have nothing to do with that. It's the level of THC in the flower. Um, you know, through this process of shipping gummies, you know, we discovered that um, a people don't listen to instructions because <laughs> yeah. it said start start with half. Yeah, right. Um, I love yeah. reading the back of bags though. Like I read like a product's bag like all the way through before right. I put it Absolutely. in my mouth, just because like that's who I am. That's what I like to do if I'm going to like natural grocers to get. You know, some it, supplement, like I am reading that thing in and out. And there's, and there's a ton of people that will pick up a package mm-hmm. and do that. Um, so I was like, we're selling these 10 milligram gummies in the next wave. Um, we're just going to put more gummies in the bag and, and do five because they're really delicious gummies. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, sometimes I want more than one. And yeah. I, but I'm a 10 milligram person. Mm-hmm. My wife can eat three. Like if I ate three, I'd be laying on that couch over there. Just, <laughs> you know, Passed out. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's different. That's the other thing I would say. Cannabis is a lot like coffee. You're going to find it's like coffee and caffeine. Mm -hmm. You're going to find how much caffeine you can tolerate and like which roasts you like the best. Right. Um, And it's just you have to look at it like it's going to be an experience. Um, It can't be explained. I mean, it's it's Mm -hmm. just one of those things that you just got to try it. Yeah. So speaking of like your team, I remember once you mentioned to me that there was like a lot of different backgrounds that people had come from that you had, you know, gathered. Um, but how do you feel like that adds to like the value of what you're doing? Because I thought that was cool personally that, you know, you had people from good oh, expertises come in. Yeah. Um, Amy will say that I picked my team like I'm going to the the dog pound and, and getting a dog and she's not wrong. <laughs> that's what's sad um it's, that's a very specific way to describe picking your team it is um but she's like i said not wrong um love her to death um that's funny it uh when i started this and i had this idea um and i remember being in las vegas when it dawned on me that i was going to do it um called up a friend and I said, hey, you know, we'll be able to do this. I'm 90% sure this is above board. Let me run it by legal. And I said, if it's if it's if we're doing this, I'm gonna go handpick these people. 
because um, they were like all the people that if I was ever going to start a business, yeah, <laughs> you were going to pluck them. I was going to, yeah, these are who I want. You're going to gonna steal me. them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, really, from where they're at. Um, <laughs> not steal. Maybe it's a strong word. You're stealing. They were all kind of <laughs> freelance. Okay. Anyways, I may have snagged one or two. Um, or that's, five. <laughs> yeah, and that's been the the cool thing is is building a, a team that is so diverse because I'm not good at everything. I'm not actually – I'm very good at farming and overseeing, like, operations of just efficiency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got someone that's real heavy in, in marketing, uh, someone that's really good at uh, customer communications. Um, another one, Andrew, he, he came from – actually the tech world which is very handy on you know for a website yeah and then he's uh he used to work for interscope records so he's got wow. just a lot of and he's just a cool person i mean everyone mm. on the team's cool um thank god but it, right thank god <laughs> but it's cool because like the not you know not everyone just had a background in cannabis or like grew up or whatever it's you know it's just kind of no that's um amy was that one of uh she she knows she she will, you know, put her hand on the Bible and say, "I got extra months with my dad because of cannabis." Mm, yeah. And it's like, I love it when she tells her story like that, just because mm-hmm. she knows that it helped him and extended his quality of life um, to the end. Yeah. So, um, I think that's, and she believes in the product. Um, it's important to have a a team like they, that. Yeah. Yeah, and it you know they've stuck. It, you would think that it's extremely easy to sell drugs online, and it's it's still a battle. Um, we still fight. We fight battles every day. Um, and that the fact that they're still standing behind me and the and the product, um, and, and and seeing you know the light at the end of the tunnel is not a train. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah, yeah it's it feels rewarding. good. Yeah. It is rewarding. I mean, it's also the culture that I feel like you've built because people people stay with people that they're attracted to and that take care of them. And I know a lot of people talk like it's so easy for businesses, small businesses to throw around the world word family and abuse it in that like, they do. Oh, you're my, you're, we're, we're a family. So work, work a little extra harder without pay or, you know, whatever the yeah. case may be bend over backwards because we're, we're family. We do everything together. We're, you know, but I think the fact that you said that they've stuck with you through everything goes to show the culture that you've created and the person that you are because they wouldn't be there if, you know, if it wasn't for that, that, that element. And I feel like that is such a key element and a key element in being a good leader because anyone can own a business, but to be a good leader and be able to lead people in a positive manner is a very hard thing. It's extremely hard. It's ex- and um, if that's something that you're not constantly practicing or seeking within yourself, it it shows. Oh, you you, you know? have to, yeah. especially in the cannabis space. Um, it, I shake my head. Um, SMH. <laughs> it uh, just because there's, I think a lot of people got into it for the wrong reasons in mm-hmm. the in the very beginning. Um, and there's. I wish it was a little more professional, um, and I wish there was more honesty, honesty, or just 
directness, um, for at least for me, because you know, like what I noticed when we took over the kitchen, um, just some of the deals or the dealings, or and at least I'm I would say having to unwind all of that, you know, just taking an operation that was might as well have been bankrupt, um, yeah. and then turning it around in ninety days and growing sales the way we did. Um, that's rewarding. I mean, we grew sales 300% in wow. two months. Wow. That's so cool. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's your marketing team, <laughs> whatever they did. It's, I think it, you mentioned, it's just having good relationships. Yes. Um, yeah. And then getting out there, you know, I, th I think Brooke, you know, saw what we were trying to accomplish, which led to the introduction of you guys. And, you know, you've been very helpful and pointing me in the direction of, you know, when I needed, um, I needed a doctor to help oh, yeah. me with an article that was going into Forbes. It's like, I don't, I don't, I'm not sitting next to one. I don't. Yeah. Don't you don't know. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Happy to help. So it's, that's been cool. Just, you know, and, and then that person was excited to get an article. Mm -hmm. Who you ended up, who did you go with? I, we haven't decided on one yet. We still got till the. Uh, oh, okay. Like 16th. But yeah. But okay. there's, you know. The we gist were, of what you're yeah. saying. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, team is team is everything, um, and I wouldn't be here without my team. Shout out um, to your team. Yeah, love you guys. Um, and I'm really we made a hire last Friday, um, and this guy is um, he's really good at operations. So I'm like, finally, someone that can at least help me mm -hmm. or um, take some of this off my shoulders to where I can focus on some other. Other avenues, avenues of the business. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So if you could go back and give your younger self some advice, what would you say? Buy land. Buy land. That oh, is you're some quick. good advice. That is so real that too, is John. That's good advice. Holy yeah. shit. Um, yeah. yeah. I remember when I was. That's what a farmer says. Yeah. I, <laughs> there was a farm back home that I remember. This is 2001, and we could have bought it for $675 an acre. And I couldn't figure out how to, that was a lot of money back then. I couldn't figure out how to yeah. make mm -hmm. it work. And um, I think we offered six fifty. And that farm today is, you know, four thousand an acre. What? Yeah. So Holy mother that's, fudge. That's why I when someone asked me a question, yeah. I, I land. <laughs> yeah, that's um, yeah. Yeah. That's good currency to have. Land is power. Yeah. I mean, I know. I get it. That's why my parents moved out to Chandler and bought 10 acres, and I lived out there with them for yeah. a minute. And then I was like, I want to buy my own land at some point mm -hmm. when I can afford to do that, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. in an affordable area. But it's just, it's affordable out there. That's, <laughs> and that's been the, you know, I'd say the one drawback to moving to, you know, the Oklahoma City oh, yeah. Metro is just. Land's expensive out here. The land's expensive. Yeah. And yeah. just. It's kind of a slap in the face, too, as, like, when whatever you, like, come from and, like, the land you farm on and then knowing that land and then coming here to create a life or a company, you know, and then you're, like, and then you're more. Yeah, but I, can, <laughs> I can always go back and, you know, buy land again. But Yeah, you can. Um, and we're looking at places here. It's just, like, the metrics are yeah. so much different. Uh -huh. um, but it is, I do enjoy, you know, we live in a neighborhood now with an HOA that that's a little different, um, at least for me. I'm yeah. pretty... I don't care for HOAs. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, and I'm very direct on <laughs> I was I was just about to say I could see, I could see you sitting in the HOA meeting being the one that's like causing ruckus. No, but actually I'm not. There was uh, <laughs> I've been to one and uh, there was a there was a good 
battle and I was like, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I don't need to go to these. There's no reason to act like children. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could, I could totally see that. But you know, it's funny adults when they feel like they have a little bit of power in places in their life where they may not in other places. Yeah. They so like HOAs. really, yeah, they like really yeah. go zero to a hundred. Yeah. Um, it's like protecting their land, their like neighborhood residential land. <laughs> but the cool thing about living in it, I will say is just, you know, we have a daughter and she's eight and like, all of these kids, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, trick or treating was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's been really cool, um, and that's you know worth it to, you know, like I said, the move here is it's different, but it's definitely been worth it. Yeah, it's yeah. more of like a social like, um, or I mean, like for your daughter too, it's like she can blossom in a different way. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I understand that. More of a social experience yeah. in the city versus being in the country, and you're. I mean, it's a different being, just being yeah. raised differently, which is one's not better than the other, but a balance is nice. Yeah. Yeah. If we could just get the traffic situation or, you know, maybe put a third lane in around 235 or if you want to be on your phone or if you want to drive <laughs> slow or right. like, you go over to this lane. You can if you want to be on your phone, isn't that funny? Like it's like an option while you're That's driving. <laughs> you can choose. Yeah, and if you want to yeah. choose this just lane. Go over here and do it. Like, <laughs> We're, we're going, yeah. We're but going I know what you mean. Whenever you like, I always like drive past people. If I pass them or something, I look at them and like it, it like blows my mind how many people's phones are like actually like right there right above there. like where they're steering, like not even like down. Like, you know, I yeah. do some text messages here and there, but I'm not here like right here. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Or just. <laughs> Brands aside, sneaky texter. Saba, don't even talk. <laughs> you have three fingers pointing back at you, girlfriend. We're all guilty. Of it. <laughs> um, yeah, you do have to look at them. Like, you just want to know: Do they look as? I mean, do you look as dumb as you drive? I mean, let's go. I know. I yeah, really I feel that way. I know. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. We really got off there. Yeah, we did. If okay, so if you'd like to, we like to ask everyone, everyone this question, John. But if you could. Um, Break a stigma. If you'd like to see something change with cannabis that surrounds it, what would you say would be? Uh, I'm gonna. What you'd like to change? I'm gonna double down on that indica sativa. That does not exist. Yeah. Um, and the good news is that's that's slowly changing. It is. Um, and I think the other one, just because of the space I'm in, is you know, or the space we're all in. THC is the same whether it comes from a hemp plant or it comes from a you know marijuana plant. Yeah, the government just controls it to make it a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, John, I think this wraps up today's episode. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here with us, share about Kava and your just your story. Yeah, thank that's you. Great. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Um, thanks for everything. Yeah, we appreciate you so much. And if you are interested in Kava and keeping up with them, you can check them out on Instagram. It's at Kava Brands. That's K-A-V-V-A-B-R-A-N-D-S. That's on Instagram or their website, kavabrands.com. And thank you guys for tuning in to another episode. Stay tuned for next week. And as always, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. 
Periscope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.